tuning in to the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. We are on episode 126. I'm Josh Roop. With me, my co-captain, as always. Scott Larson. And Scott, we got two awesome guests on today. But before we kick it over to them, let's talk about flipping out pinball. Well, for I want to t- talk about flipping out pinball because my friend who I told you got the Godzilla from him, I thought was hilarious because his wife said that he was going to hold off until uh, Christmas before he opened it. And I already saw a picture of it Uh-oh. set up. Oh, no. <laughs> he, he, t- he told uh, he told his kids that they just fumigated their basement. Nice. So they, they can't go down there for two weeks. So uh, oh, anyway, uh, it's good. And, uh, you know, Zach and Nicole Minnie, they they have at Flipping Out Pinball basically anything you want, including the including the pinball machine from our current guests from Spooky Pinball. Their latest release is Looney Tunes and also Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So you can definitely pick out exactly what you want. If, if you're, if that is your style, definitely hit, hit them up and they'll get you set up. So we want to welcome back bug and his, his, what, what do you call your buddy here? Like your henchman? <laughs> you're like, I don't know. It's Min- company. Minion, like, you're they're they're still minion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the larger one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's just the, uh, the opposite shape as me. We yeah, like, totally. Like I'm the, the tall skinny. Yeah. He's the short wide. Carrie Hardy <laughs> ran into us at a show once and he's like, you guys are like two opposite ends of the spectrum. Abbott and Costello. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly no, who like, I was thinking of. Pinball goes by Spooky Luke yeah. though. Yep. Spooky Luke. Luke. So far, that's what I've been dubbed. Nice. That's awesome. So I want to thank you guys for coming back on. This game looks insane. Whether you're a Texas Chainsaw Massacre fan or a Looney Tunes fan, I really think you're going to be happy with this. I've noticed on this layout, you guys have kind of went more of, it, it seems really fast. It seems like the flow is really good there. I know like with, with Halloween, it was kind of tiered with the stages and whatnot, and it was mm-hmm. kind of building up. But this is just kind of like brutal in your face. Like it might kick your butt, which makes sense with Te- yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, what, what, it's really Why hard did you go explain. that direction? Well, I mean, obviously, I think you guys probably wouldn't know as well as we do that people have been kind of hungering for that from us for a long time. We've done a lot. Of, I mean, we've done some crazy stuff, three upper play fields and a huge Scooby-Doo upper play field. We have done some wild things. So I think people were kind of just waiting to see us do a, a more, there was I guess. still sort of a question of can Bug and Luke yeah. do a... <laughs> Uh, Elwin, Jack Danger, yeah, Blow and, Monster I guess type I, game. Like we know they can do really weird mm-hmm. stuff. We know they'll go out there and they'll try two upper play fields and a boat dock of an upper play field and, and all this this weird stuff. So we wanted to try sort of a more classic flow beast with major mechanisms surrounding it that's integrated yeah. with it. So that was kind of our top priority going in, I guess, was getting a really, really, really great shooting layout and being, you know, I guess you wouldn't call it state. Would you call it a standard game, I guess? or a, It's not single level, really. It's just lacking in, in upper play field, I guess, <laughs> for once. It's just missing oh, that but, one. But it has ramps. I mean, it's a modern game with ramps yeah, exactly. with, a, with just, an upper play field, which is that's fine. A lot of games are that way. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, being able to do that, but then also we wanted to take our mechs, I guess, to the next level at the same time and not really inhibit flow with those mechs. Because that's the biggest problem when you get into mechanisms is you put some major mechanisms in there and all of a sudden the game stop and start or or whatever along those lines. I think being able to put those mechanisms in there in a way that the ball still keeps the flow of the game was really important for us in that one. So. And, and looking at this too, so the one thing, uh, uh, I don't know if you guys listened to Click Gamers, but one thing they pointed out, they were thinking that it was this was originally kind of done around Texas Chainsaw Massacre and then Looney Tunes was brought in afterwards. Is that the case? Were they kind of just yeah. built in mind together? How, how did it work? We, we kind of knew that was going to be a pain point going yeah. in with everyone. We, they were going to be we like, if, that, we, <laughs> if we do the dual theme again and we don't do them in tandem, it's going to be... yeah. So from, from the get-go, we made sure to design them in tandem together. I mean, we knew what both themes were as soon as we were starting on the layout. So we were able to design both of them together, keeping both themes equally in mind. I, I think whoever, you know, 
buys their theme, I hope that they feel like they were the one that was catered to. Yeah. <laughs> like if, if you buy TCM, I hope you feel like they designed this one for me. Yeah. And if you buy a Looney Tunes, I hope you feel like they designed it for me. I'm really hoping that's the <laughs> argument. Like you, yeah. you hop into one owner's thread yes. and it's like, this game was made for Looney Tunes and we, we want them to hop in the other one and be like, no, it was Texas Chainsaw. You yes. know, like that's we're, the we're goal. We're trying anyway. to start turf wars. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. We're trying to start arguments. That's what we're doing. Yeah. Yep. Um, but no, I, What's cool too is them be even though they are so different, they're complete. I mean, you could not go two more different directions with your themes on that. Yeah, but yeah. a lot of stuff mechanism wise works for both games. Like Leatherface spinning is an incredibly iconic shot, and then you know with spinning Taz, like Taz spin, you know. So being able to find those things that did overlap was actually oddly easy, I guess. The- the Leatherface spinning thing helps my argument with like certain Looney Tunes fans will feel like it was designed for them because yeah. they're like, well, Taz spins. Why is Leatherface spinning? And yeah. it's like, well, they don't know the end of the movie where he's throwing the chainsaw. Yeah, I, I actually everywhere. did see that comment. Why is Leatherface spinning? <laughs> yeah, it's mm-hmm. like, perfect. We did our job. If, if both sides don't realize, <laughs> yeah, we, we did our we job. We've done it right. So l- let's talk about the theme selection. Now, the challenge that you guys have is that you are choosing themes that would resonate with an adult audience or a very specific audience. I mean, a lot of you, you're, you're into Halloween, you're into, into Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you're into Rob's. So these type of things, however, you're also very aware that you're not going to be able to sell to a mass audience with a very niche theme. So how did you choose to go with Looney Tunes and, and, and what's the crossover when you're designing rules and flow and layout uh, for those two things that actually Warner Brothers is wacky and violent in a, in a comic way versus yeah. uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So it, it's interesting to see how, how, how did you select the theme, the, the coupled themes, and how did you make sure both were uh, catered to? Yeah. You know, come to think of it, I'm pretty sure yeah. we had Looney Tunes first, didn't we? Well, we had it signed up first, yeah, but we'd already been we, talking we about Texas it. Chainsaw Massacre as well. We were talking with them, <laughs> and uh, back when we signed Scooby-Doo, I mean, like, Looney Tunes is obviously mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, so it's Scooby-Doo. We were already looking at the portfolio and, like, yeah. kind of picking some some items on there. And uh, we thought that, you know, Scooby being most likely a great yeah. success with, yeah, as a, a theme with fans and everything. We thought Looney Tunes would be a great follow-up. Fair, right. And there was a lot of people asking, too, for more yeah. Saturday morning cartoon type of stuff, yeah. everything after Scooby-Doo. So it kind but of just naturally... we also didn't want to hear, oh, Spooky's abandoning yeah. horror themes. You know, Halloween was two games ago yeah. now. Like, I, we don't want them to abandon the horror that themes. Was, so I guess that we, was probably the most major part of our decision, really, doing is the dual theme. When, when we did sign the, the Warner Brothers Scooby-Doo license, we signed Looney Tunes at the same time yeah. because we're able to, to pile those on the same contract and with doing that it was like okay now we have a decision to make because if we do scooby-doo and then just looney tunes by itself in a row you know are, are our customers or our fans going to be like feel like we have abandoned them in the horror market mm-hmm. or like we're not doing right by them and providing them with the the themes they want to see because i i do take a lot of response and i've talked about this before but i take a lot of responsibility that like when people make a purchase with us, I take that as like, you're kind of, you're making an investment or a contribution to the company for us to be able to come back and continue to make the themes that you want to see. Like when our horror customers turn out and buy the game from us and do that for us and support us in that way, I want to support them back and give them the themes that they want to see. You know, I don't, I don't want to do what we want to do necessarily so much as I want to make sure that the people who are supporting us are getting the themes that they deserve to get. And, you know, when they're spending money for us, they're not only getting their game, but they're setting up to see future games that they want to see. If you're a customer or a a fan of us, we feel very morally obligated to make sure we continue to do things you like. (laughs) Probably a little too much. We we take it very seriously. We do. We don't like when people are mad at us. No, no, we don't want anyone to be mad at us. We, We don't wake up in the morning and do this so that we can upset people. That's not... Not on our radar. But then to answer your question, going into the the code side of things, the immediate plan from the start yeah. was just don't the code can't have anything in common. Yep. Like the only thing that it can have in common is the fact that it's going to be using the same layout, mm-hmm. but it's using the exact same layout in two entirely separate ways. I mean, both games mm-hmm. have their own development team, their own rules direction, their own programmers, their own animators, mm-hmm. artists, everything. 
and yeah, like there's, I'm sure everything. there's a couple crossover things yeah. that are the same. Like you hit the captive Baldo light lock, but even how they go about doing that is completely mm-hmm. different between the two games. Which is cool to see too, because neither team really consulted the other team no. about rules. <laughs> so if they did land on some of the same rules, that means a layout was yeah. just you know speaking to both teams and kind of telling them to go with those rules, which is cool. Yeah. So so one thing you talked about was licensing, and I've had something on my mind. And and if you guys can't talk about this, this is fine, but. I, I was told recently that like anything dating pre 83, it's a lot easier to deal with because the licensor kind of owns all the rights to it versus wow. after 83, they're kind of divided up. Is that kind of one of the reasons you guys are doing stuff that's kind of pre 83? Cause really the only modern modern Not is Rick and Morty. I mean, the, I mean, that that's probably like an accurate yeah, statement. It's a decent general of, rule. Yeah. I mean like, the, the further back you go, the less likely it was mm-hmm. that people had agents who are still protecting their rights now. I mean, you compare it to like mm-hmm. an 80s blockbuster uh, of some sort, like Gremlins or something. Like, I'm sure some of the actors in there are, are very well protected and covered mm-hmm. and everything. But uh, back in like the 60s and 70s, yeah. people just didn't really yeah. think that far ahead, they, per se. People just weren't pursuing their own likeness rights as hard back then. It didn't seem yeah, like, like or, they, or they if they were, it was for a term, not for yeah. all of time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, as a general idea, I guess that's a, this is a really good question, by the way. Yeah, it is. I, I, I'm actually really like, <laughs> this is a great question. Well, um, a lot of people don't know a lot of the is, things yeah, that it, we deal with. It, with it is easier to go back in time. You're right. Mm-hmm. It is easier to go back. I'd never heard 83 before. I wonder there, where does that come from? That's because cool. there was a lawsuit in '82, and when it went through, when it when it went in favor of the plaintiffs, that that then opened the floodgates that like actors and actresses could go after likenesses and stuff like that. And and there's there's different stuff that I can point out, but it, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But. Well, yeah. de- definitely in general, like people can just see, I guess, a, a big cost in our game versus a lot of the manufacturers games out there and everything is how many of the assets and likeness like yeah. rights that we do pursue. Like we, I mean, we pursue the majority of iconic things in our title. Like you've seen, um, even back to Rick and Morty having actually Justin Roiland in it and Dan Harmon mm-hmm. and all that. Um, we always do try to get the largest part of the theme that we can get. And, and we do pay a premium price for that. I mean, we pay a premium price for that. <laughs> but I, I think, again, that comes back to the same thing I was ranting about before, where we feel responsible with our customers that when they're supporting us and doing these things, that we're going to go get them full assets and stuff for the titles that they want to see. So, yeah. Yeah. So the other thought I had in mind, too, with all this is, so Scooby-Doo was 1969 because that was the year it came out. But with, mm-hmm. with Looney Tunes and Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you guys have actually kind of went back about 200 units. So they're mm-hmm. 88 or 888 apiece, mm-hmm. which equals about 1776. Is this like a strategic? Because, I mean, we can talk market all day and, and people can be bored because that's that's mm-hmm. all they're hearing left and right right now. But is this kind of one way to combat the market? And it it's still, you're getting the same product on the line. It's not the same product, but like drilling wise and, and manufacturing wise, it's similar product you're doing. It keeps the factory line going, but it's not necessarily you're limiting supply. You're going back to those limited numbers mm-hmm. on those themes. We we didn't go super low with it, I guess. Yeah. We weren't trying to like drive FOMO or I anything. I mean, it like was that, going to but... be a dual theme yeah. no matter what. It just so happened that we managed to do it in a market where it somehow made the most sense for us to go into. Yeah, it. absolutely. Mm-hmm. Like I would love to tell you we're rocket scientists (laughs) and we planned this perfectly. And I hope that's what most people think. But I mean, it's, I wouldn't even say happy accident. I mean, we just kind of worked out that way. Well, like I said, it kind of demanded it too. When we were coming off of Scooby-Doo, we didn't want to go with too many like cartoon themes in a row and have people feel like we abandoned them. So, Um, but no, I mean, like if you look at the combined units, they're kind of similar to Scooby-Doo. Generally, if we can, um, we like to stay consistent because we're hiring full-time people. We have to have work for 12 months a year. Yeah. So, you know, if we're like back to, uh, say, Rick and Morty days, we sold 750 units, right? So then we're we're taking those 750 units and we're saying, okay, we need to keep our guys busy for 12 to 14 months with this. And, and then we break it down to that and that's how many games we do. That That's what determines how many games we do a day, you know? And then with obviously the way numbers have been going up and everything, um, we've been able to just keep kind of slowly scaling that up to meet that demand and everything. So I guess when people ask, people ask a lot of time too, what is the, what's the benefit of pre-order? And it's like, that's actually a hugely beneficial thing for us. And 
during COVID, I had a lot of people reach out to me like, how are you manufacturing right now? Like, how are you guys getting games out the door when other people aren't? It's like, well, if we know right away going in how many units we've sold and can plan for that, it makes us a lot more efficient. You know, whereas if if you sell some units on day one and then they're sporadic throughout the entire year, you're always kind of chasing a little bit. It gets a little bit harder to plan for. Um, but, you know, if you have all of your units sold right up front, you know, if everybody shows up on launch day and puts down their deposits and everything, um, we're able to plan for that and spread the efficiency perfectly throughout the year. Whereas if only 25% of our sales are on launch day and then they're trickling in throughout the year, we kind of have to start slow you know, to guarantee that we're not going to run out of work, but then we can trickle up yeah. to meet that speed, but it just makes yeah, it a little bit more You wouldn't want to hit the ground absolutely sprinting yeah. at it. Yeah. So, you know, if, if uh, for example, like, you know, if 300 Rick and Morty orders would have come in instead of 750, we wouldn't have planned on building 750 right away yeah. and built ourselves out of work in three months. Because then next thing you know, you're releasing three titles a year to keep working your shop. And that's not good. I mean, yeah, it's not good you for know. anyone, you know. The pinball market doesn't need three more titles released <laughs> no, per year from no, anyone right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, next year, Spooky Pinball doing four games. Yeah, we're going to do five releases. You know, it's just, oh and it, it makes it, it's just tougher too. It makes it hard to get ahead on code. You want to you wanna have your builds yeah. take a decent amount of time because you want to be able to get ahead on code and provide people with more complete code at launch and everything. So yeah, yeah. spreading that work out is definitely really important for us with having full-time employees. We're not just, you know, bringing on some people and then throwing them out the door that we, we don't want to do that. That's not what we're about, you know? So the the one thing that I would give you guys top notch versus anybody else is <laughs> is what is everything. It's it's the entire game. Yeah. Edit that out. Okay. Visuals. Like you see a spooky game and your art is fantastic. Like the way it looks across the room is a hundred percent better than I would say in any other machine, or at least it's on Thank it's you. certainly competing at the highest level. Yeah. So how do you approach your art packages? How do you probably, the bottom line is they won when Halloween came out, you sold so many units based on it looked so good. Yeah, absolutely. And, and so yeah. like, how do you approach the art for your games? I, I mean, step one is just yeah. hire really good freaking artists. Yeah. And we have, we've always gotten very lucky mm-hmm. and, and done that. I mean, and we've we've explored out past who the the typical pinball artists would be. I mean, like Jeff mm-hmm. Zornow and Matt Frank are both comic book Jason artists Edmonds that Simpson. I grew up reading their Godzilla and Ultraman comic books, mm-hmm. and we were just like, God, these guys are so good. And uh, we just had grown personal relationships with them over the year. And uh, uh, Brad Duke reaching out to us uh, pre Looney Tunes, he was like, Hey, here's some stuff I used to do at Deep Root. He's like, I, I love pinball. I love that I got into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I he really has a knack for what pinball yeah. art is just knowing to which artists yeah. are going to be good at that thing. I mean, it's a, we, we spend plenty of time talking about which artist is going to be perfect for Fit that for a theme. theme. Um, yeah. You, you really do have to consider, I mean, what you're working with, with the license. I mean, are they saying you have to take these images and, and base your things off that? Are they saying you have freedom to do whatever you like? Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what, what's the theme going to look like? Is it going to look like a comic book? Are we going for realism? Are we going for a cartoon? You just have to really pay attention to, to what the theme is and what artists you're putting on the project. Well, and speaking of artists, you guys have posted the Looney Tunes artist, Brad Duke on your page and, and mm-hmm. kind of gave a look. Can you give a little more story to this? Because it, it says that he reached out to you guys a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a, kind of a funny, a funny story, story, really. Yeah. He, uh, I was, I got an email from this, this guy I'd never heard of, and his name was Brad Duke. And he opened his email saying, hey, I wanted to introduce myself. My name's Brad. Uh, I used to be an artist at Deep Root, which I know is a terrible way to introduce myself in an email. <laughs> He's like, please stay. Don't, don't, <laughs> don't was, delete this email. He was yet. like, please keep reading. And he goes on to say, like, uh, yeah, he got hired on at Deep Root. He's like, I've literally done nine full pinball machines at this point, like design wow. concepts and play fields and, and and cabinets and uh you know we hopped on a meeting and he was showing me his artwork and i was like this is really good like this mm-hmm. is phenomenal and he was brand new into pinball but he he reached out to us after deep root kind of went their way or however that went and um he like, hey, when uh, the government stepped in yeah, yeah. <laughs> when they got arrested but yeah yeah he, uh, he was just like hey like you know 
I know Deep Root wasn't such a great thing to be a part of, but I really am loving pinball. He's like, I've really gotten into this hobby. He's on all the forums. He's checking things out. He's buying games. And he's like, I, I really want to stay in this industry. I think it's great. Is there any chance I can do anything with you guys? And, you know, we just tried him out on a couple things on Scooby-Doo on screen that we were like, oh, yeah, you know, we could mm -hmm. use an extra screen for this thing here. We need some images for that. And he was just right on top of it, turned mm -hmm. it around quickly. It was very good quality. He really knew how to make his colors pop. He understood just how you're supposed to make the artwork for pinball, friendly guy. And we were like, oh, you know, let's just have him try out Looney Tunes. I mean, we were kind of getting ready to start doing some concepts here in the cabinet and everything. We'll throw that his way. You know, we'll just see if he has it. And, you know, if it doesn't work out, then that's fine. You know, <laughs> at least we gave him a shot or whatever. You know, we can work it out. And uh, the concepts he sent back, first off, he sent them back quickly. Yeah. That's a, and that's a big thing, <laughs> Which too. is huge when you're dealing with yeah. licensors and major corporations yep. that the turnaround time a is Approvals are never while. quick. So yeah. having a so quick having artist, an artist is... who's ready to jump right on top of what you're asking for is, is huge. And uh, what he turned around was just so good. freaking good. It, he just completely understood everything we were going for. I thought it was game. final. I, I thought and, he was like done with it. I, I looked at it. And I was yeah, like, "This, this he, is the playfield art." I'm like, "This is like, amazing. This is a rough sketch." Yeah. But, like, <laughs> it, it, he, the, I mean, obviously, we give him direction on like it's in the Acme factory. These are what the shots are doing. But the lack of direction he still required was just yeah. so impressive. He just ran with everything and understood so detailed it. too. So many little things in the playfield people are going to get to see too. Yes, yeah. and and he was. The, the, the microscopic details he was putting in all the Acme products. And one of my favorite things that I can't wait to highlight is uh, all over the play field, there's uh, rolls of film reels because a part of the Looney Tunes game is that you're collecting film reels. And in those film reels, he drew his own like sketches and scenes from the show. So in every single film reel, you can see an iconic moment from you know the, the 40, 30, 40 years that we're pulling from, <laughs> from the show on the play field. So you can really get in there and just find all these crazy details he included. But, well, uh, yeah, that's, say, that's the Brad Duke story. Yeah, <laughs> it probably helped a lot too. That I mean, he did nine concepts, and he was rubbing shoulders with some of the most iconic names in pinball at that point too. You know, of yeah. the past history. So, I mean, looking at this this play field, it's insanely cool. It feels very like Bally Williams nineties. Mm -hmm. Like it, it's it's giving me like Pat Lawler vibes with like whirlwind and like with the squares in the middle and the lightning bolts and and just. Yeah. It just looks really, really good. Especially this. I'm not gonna lie. Like Brad does not look old at all. <laughs> like yeah, no, I don't know how old he. I think he's like he's probably your age. Yeah, he's maybe probably I like twenty. A lot of us are young guys, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. in general. Yeah, well, they probably, they were back then too. Actually, in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm seriously, they were. They were. Yeah, no. It, yeah. Sometimes you get well, a lot yeah, of creative kind of juices. Not part of pinball too. Is yeah. like those guys were young when, in mm -hmm. the heyday of all that stuff. I wish everything. I could share my meme I made. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I will say that, um, and you touched on it. I'm actually, and heaven knows, I have been hypercritical on many many aspects of Deep Root, but I would say they land squarely on the con artist who was running this. It, it like there's actually. If you can see a silver lining, there's a lot of things that actually came out of that, including, uh, you know, Steve Bowden going and, and Barry was working for a while. And, mm -hmm. and if, if he comes out with, with artists and we know that even going back to Zidware, uh, like, uh, Jeremy Packer. So there are, there are things that can, can actually be positive about that uh, dumpster yeah, yeah. fire that deeper yeah. was. And so I'm really glad that he gave, uh, <laughs> that he, that you gave him a chance. Yeah, say, yeah hey. that, that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, because we also the animator on Looney Tunes also Deep Root Brad Duke. We he's like, oh, I have this friend. By the way, I worked with him on a handful of things. He did. He animated my art a lot. If he could work on Looney Tunes with us, you know, we have a good mm -hmm. relationship. We could really get it done. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like yeah, go for it, man. Like it worked out with you. Yeah, we're also <laughs> just not really those kind of guys. In general. like, we're not gonna throw anyone that comes to us and is like, hey, I want to work on this. We're not just gonna throw people out right away. We're gonna hear them out and see their stuff. Yeah. Like we're always looking to include good people in what we do. Yeah. So I noticed that you guys have in the past. It's usually been a two tier system, like the Bloodsuckers edition, and I can't remember if it's the standard or the collectors that you guys do. But it looks like you've actually added a third tier this time. So you've got standard. No, we've, 
It's well, the... uh, Rick and Morty, we had two tiers. Yeah. But Ever since, since then, Morty. yeah, we've been three tiers. We yeah. were we were three tiers on Halloween. It's yeah. just you forget about the standard because not very many Nobody people buy it. it. Yeah. It's such a small percentage. <laughs> it's oh, actually it's... the most limited of them all. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, by far. Yeah. Literally. There's not there is not very many out there at all. We I can and... see how it really got lost in the weeds with Halloween and Ultraman yeah. too, just being as there was two games, six total models. Yeah. Which and we've know. kicked around not like just going to one model too because if yeah. you look and, and I don't know if you guys agree maybe it's just my opinion or whatever but i mean our our ce price is right in there with like a mid-level price for a lot of sure. the companies it, like yeah it is yeah whatever yeah. your price oh, is quite competitive yes yeah and, it, and i guess include a hell of a yeah lot. we do i mean the color <laughs> mm-hmm. like if you look i guess if you really dig into what we include between the the powder coated coin door and the the custom rails and all the powder coat to match everything yeah. and extra decals and all the custom art and stuff you know interior blades i i do think that we're competitive enough with our CE price being at that mid tier price for a lot of people that maybe the, there would be a world where we drop off the other two models and just have one because it would make it easier to make all of them for everyone. Yeah. Um, and it would actually probably help the the affordability of that model, even if we only had to tool up one version, you know, so. But the, on the, on the flip side though, this is, we've talked about this model before with cars. If you're just selling one, one model of car, you're going to drop out the people who want a higher version of it and also the people who want a lower version. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, yep. then there's not an available, which I guess with us, you do have some availability of higher, because we do have the the direct print option. Sure. Mm-hmm. And some other stuff like that. So I guess there is some higher availability, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's why we haven't changed anything, right? It's like, we've, we go back and forth on it. It's like, it's hard to say. Sometimes, sometimes even we don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I want to go into the, kind of the difference you, you kind of talked about looney tunes you're trying to collect the films mm-hmm. is, is so that's the base gameplay like what else are we trying to do inside of looney tunes to advance to where we're going yeah so in looney tunes uh essentially the the game's story is that uh taz has gone through and he's just completely destroyed the acme factory and he's still in the factory he's causing mayhem all over the place and uh, so Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Tweety, like the, the whole gang, the whole Looney Tunes gang is in there. They're trying to put the factory back together and uh, they're collecting film footage while they're in there. Because when Taz went through there and destroyed everything, he tossed around all the golden era film footage everywhere. And they're like, oh, man, that's that's the heyday of Looney Tunes. We can't lose this. So you're uh, you're essentially a recruit at the Acme factory and you're helping them collect the film footage to put it back together so that you can rewatch the episodes you're collecting Acme themed items like oh man, there's Luke Peters has so many different. Yeah, items they're all stacked like at the top of the screen. Rocket skates and punching gloves yeah. and, and super glue uh, duck bat outfits mm. and like, like all these crazy things that are at work as like power ups in the game. And uh, yeah, Marvin the Martian has some special modes in the game as well because he 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 was working on some top secret Martian inventions for Acme that didn't quite hit the market yet. <laughs> It's it's a really fun original story. I'm glad we have one yeah. in the game. I feel like that might have been the one thing that was missing in Scooby. Yeah, just was the like there needed but to be Scooby an has its own story. story. Everyone I mean, knows yeah. the overarching story of Scooby. You're, you're right? going like, on. You're going to cases solving yeah, mysteries right. and whatnot. Yeah, but Looney Tunes definitely needed something like a reason mm-hmm. that you were going to be a part of all the the golden to tie all the episodes, episodes and everything. together. Yeah, it, it needed a reason, and I, I I love the story that we created for it. I think it's really fun. And then the cool part, the flip side of that coin with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you guys are actually, you play as the killers. Yeah, yeah. that was that was, that was a, a really early decision. Yeah, that we, we kind of almost knew that, right? Like we we're going to do that. We yeah. planned on it almost, I guess. Yeah, well, we definitely knew coming off Halloween, we needed to make our minds up on if you are mm-hmm. for sure the killer or for sure the survivor. Yeah, because and in Halloween, it was to, kind of both, yeah, right? Like sometimes, yeah, depending on what mode you were yeah, in. Yeah, very loosely. Like it yeah. definitely could have been a lot more solidified. Yeah. The thing with Texas Chainsaw is if you're the survivor, how the heck are yeah, we going to use the film assets to show you got away when nobody... When really... no one got away? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Like, it doesn't I, it doesn't, it's kind of tough to put that one I think, together. <laughs> so, I think it's also just a cool concept to and, be the actual... You know, it, and it, it go, it's special because, well, you might think, oh, playing as the killer would get boring, but it's not just one killer in mm-hmm. the Texas Chainsaw. It's numerous killers. Yes. So that really spices it up and makes things 
very unique in how we can go about and each of the different modes when you're the yeah, different killers. You're not just choosing one either. You're switching them throughout yeah. gameplay. So you, yeah. every time you hit that and you switch it, if you know what you have almost ready or what modes you have yeah. almost ready, you can choose the right character for that mode. To get to special perks mode. and bonuses. So you're not just mm. stuck in one character. For yeah. a, a lot of games, it's like you start, then you character select. Even Scooby, you start and you character select. This is not like that. It's, it's fluid, yeah. and you can keep using it to your advantage throughout the game. And the family in Texas Chainsaw, they're, they're so different that it, it's really fun, the things that we can do with the perks between them. Like, Leatherface is obviously going to be better at killing people. He's going to get all the kills. But you play as the cook, and when you're in the gas station mode, you, the items you sell are worth more because mm. he runs the gas station all day. Mm. And when you're in the cook's mode, he gets special bonuses for actually like cooking the meat and everything like that. So... The, the fact that the family members are all so different makes their perks and, and items so much more unique and fun. Yeah, well, and one of the unique parts about this, too, is I was watching the gameplay footage, and you talked about, because the grandpa like drinks blood or whatever, filling up the whole play field, the LEDs become blood, mm-hmm. and yeah. it slowly drains out of the play field. And yeah, I, as you hit it, shots and, lower and, and lower. as the blood gets lower on the play field, the shots that are above it no longer work. Oh. So like if it's completely full and you're hitting the ramps up top and you drain it below those ramps, now you got to focus on your shots that are below because the blood isn't up there anymore. Because it'd be like it'd be like if you had a straw and you were above your drink. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that doesn't make mm-hmm. sense. You have to keep getting the liquid. <laughs> okay, I, I will say I don't think anybody who buys Texas Chainsaw Massacre wants to play as the survivor. No, <laughs> no, no. I play, I play the video game. I never play as the survivor. Yeah. <laughs> never. Well, one question I've heard floating around about this, and I'm going to ask to keep this as family friendly as we can, but is this going to have the first topless scene in a pinball machine? Because no, Texas- Halloween, Halloween does. Halloween actually thing. does. Yeah. Oh. What's crazy? Halloween has nudity, but Texas yeah. Chainsaw doesn't. There a is lot no of people don't know it. There is actually Chainsaw. a topless scene yeah. in Halloween, which like, full on. It's which, there. Uh, as keeping it as family friendly as possible. I do think Spooky Pinball deserves some form of award yeah, like for putting the first special trophy scene or in a, a pinball machine on Halloween. I <laughs> felt like that was worth something. I don't think there's no nudity in <laughs> no, there's, there's not. There's none. But no, then there's also, look at Rob way. Zombie in the extra ball scene too as well. I mean, that, yeah, that's, that's, that's classic. Yeah. That's classic. Yeah, that was pre-LCD. Dots, yeah. Yeah. We, did, we were the first to do dots and LCD. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> we're on top of it. <laughs> we stay on top of what matters <laughs> sure it took us a while to get extra ball on halloween but yeah had the boobs. <laughs> right oh, man. okay so let's talk about the different versions that you're offering now we, we did we talked briefly about them so i'm your customer sell me mm-hmm. on why i should get each version like so two CDs? Each version. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Sure. Yeah. Wow. sure. T- t- tell us what, like, what, uh, if if I'm like the bargain shopper, you're like, okay, so these are, this is the important stuff you're getting. This stuff is really pretty, but you get the gameplay on this. However, if you want the prettiest thing for your game room, this is why you mm-hmm. need it because it has this, this, this. So one of the biggest things, I guess, is our standard is still a really decent deal in pinball. Like it, it as far as having full gameplay, we're not taking out um, like a whole upper play field we're taking out or a whole feature mechanical feature in the game as far as one that actually affects gameplay we might take out a sculpt that moves around a little bit things like that but we want to make sure that they're playing the whole same game so having that i think is a big selling point on the standard i think i guess i'll, I'll probably hop right up to the ce i mean we could go over that all day just the amount of things i mean still having a physical knocker shaker a real back glass a topper included uh, your lighted speaker grills. Your we now have custom art over top of the speaker grills. Um, your interior graphics. Your um, your powder coated side rails. Your and we even do lighted buttons. Nobody else is doing yes. lighted buttons. Full RGB. Yeah, the they're way. full RGB. They have sh- light shows <laughs> that go with them. It's the same. Uh, and you, you have two buttons on the right side. I noticed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Exactly. And that that second button on the right side is actually used in like Looney Tunes for selecting different, some of those Acme items that we were talking about mm. earlier. So you can use it's got it a cool game. Mario Kart yeah. set okay. to it. I would yeah. rather Stole. have two buttons on one side <laughs> than one on the lockdown bar. Like, really? especially if you're really? using it in a game. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, Noted. we did both. Instead. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I'm looking at it and I see both, but it's uh, I I know there's a little bit of a skill of 
hitting the you know the the lockdown button while you're trying to control the balls but yeah yeah but then i think you know you take all that and i i really do believe and like i've said it before i think our ce is the best deal in pinball i really do we load that thing up but then the bloodsucker is just kind of a nice mix between those two reasons that i just noted it's it's kind of the perfect middle ground and everything so we do have a i mean we have good reasons to keep the the system that we have so keeping it somewhat vague but like if you were to buy any other company's mid-tier option which Mm -hmm. is about the price of our ce to get it to the state of where our ce is you're going to be spending a lot of money to the point where you almost are just buying one of yeah you're you're gonna put a couple thousand dollars yeah so i mean our ce like it's always funny when our, our ce's come out because the mod guys go dang what are we going to do? What else? <laughs> like, they didn't really what leave us a yeah. lot to add here. We do the smallest things too. Like even the start button and the launch button are always our, customized. Our custom, they have little custom yeah. art on them, mm-hmm. you know, and just small stuff like that. But yeah. I think it really does. That's part of the reason we are saying when you step back and look at the game, like they do look so beautiful. I think that's part of it is we do every little detail throughout the a- game. Everything so. somebody would do to mod out their game, we already have it mm-hmm. done for you. And at the price that other companies sell a mid-tier edition yeah. for. Mm-hmm. Well, even even like your wire forms, they're on, mm-hmm. you know, they're they're powder coated. I don't see and very it's many a other two people. Part process actually too. So they're laying down that color first, and then yeah. they do a clear coat over top of it, a totally separate layer. The clear coated. Oh, yeah. Powder coat ramp thing to rest here. The oh the yeah. the wear. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I heard a lot yeah. of people bringing that up. No. So yeah, <laughs> it's a great question. It's a good question. Yeah. It is. A, yeah, and, yeah, totally and valid. There's there's two good reasons for that. You know, I guess three things I'd like to touch on with that is number one is like we we do want to make sure everything in the game just pops. We want it to be perfect. And that's why we do powder coat all the ramps and the rails and everything like that. With with that said, too, we we had that in Scooby. Yeah, Scooby, both ramps, Scooby the ramps and habit trails and Scooby are powder coated so far. We we're not having issues. We've never. Um, I don't think we've I don't ever know sent a that said, single ramp out hmm. for the powder coat chipped because of the ball hitting it. Yeah. I don't think it's ever happened yeah. once on over but the thousand Scooby-Doo's. I'm also not going to sit on here and say just because, we, you know, because we test our games and they've obviously been powder coated for almost two years now and everything mm-hmm. um, with our prototypes and we've had no issues, but things do happen. Maybe it could happen. I don't think that it's likely, but the best part about us is if it does, if someone says, you know, hey Luke, my my left upper ramp ship or chipped or whatever. You know, we're gonna send them the new left upper ramp. You know, right. we're gonna drop it in the meal. The free. Mail. We're not yeah. gonna charge them. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. We don't have a problem. Part of again, part of when people spend money with us is we're we're planning on taking care of them if something like that comes up. You know, so and then even farther with that, just in case when it, when I was doing a lot of the engineering for the stuff. So if you look at Looney Tunes and Texas Chainsaw, the optos are actually attached to the habit trails. Mm. So all you have to do to pop those ramps out and put them back in is just a couple of screws, two screws. So, I mean, you can leave your habit trail wired right in place and and you pop your two screws out of your ramp, take your ramp out, slide your new one in, pop your two screws back in the same holes and you got a new ramp in the game. You don't have to remove anything else. There's nothing on top. In your way, like in the first place, you're very, very, very likely not going to have to replace this ramp anyway. And even if you do, one, it's free, and two, we made it as easy Easy as as possible possible to do. We do put a lot of thought into that stuff just in case, and even cover, try to cover ourselves the best we can when we don't even think there's going to be an issue. You know, Mm -hmm. we're still, we haven't had, I mean, our play fields have been rock solid for years and years and years, Mm -hmm. and we still take i guess so many precautions every time we're designing a game that we're, we're trying to avoid play field damage in any way that we can mm-hmm. i mean there's so. things like scooby that we learned yeah that we, we're not going to share okay <laughs> but there's like little secrets we learned on scooby that we were yeah. like oh we should yeah, do that in the next do. one that would make it even safer mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, it's been flawless yeah absolutely wonderful let's talk about uh, voice actors and uh, the call outs because okay one, the question is, who's going to do the callouts for Texas Chainsaw Massacre and who wrote the script? And also with Looney Tunes, everybody knows Mel Blank did all the mm-hmm. iconic voices. So obviously Mel's not around anymore. How are you mm-hmm. going to find someone who's able to replicate that for the callouts? Yeah. yeah. So Looney Tunes, we went and we hired Eric Bauza, who uh, you can ask around 
is he is the Looney Tunes voice actor. Yeah, he it's, plays. We, all. It's not like we went and hired him either. Like that's that is Warner Brothers. Oh, yeah, he, Looney Tunes voice actor. We, now. We, this is who they're using. Yeah, Warner Brothers gives you a list, like mm-hmm. they did on Scooby. They gave us a list. Here are the approved Scooby Doo voice actors. If you want to go get one, mm-hmm. and we we chose from that list. Same thing here. They gave us a list. We saw Eric Bauza, and we went and we got ourselves yeah. Eric Bauza, and. I mean, he is the official Looney Tunes voice actor. He does all like all their movies he's and amazing their TV too. shows. That's, he, that's he's all over the place with, with everything he does with them. And yeah, he's he's absolutely incredible. And when I was talking about him, he brought up Mel Blanc constantly about here are the specific things you have to do to channel your inner Mel Blanc yeah. when you're voicing these <laughs> characters that other Looney Tunes voice yeah. actors haven't done previously. And here's like, here's why this is gonna sound better. Yeah. Uh, when he's doing those specific voices, and it does, it sounds amazing. It he really sounds does. absolutely phenomenal. He he he's, did some of our best callouts. Yeah, of I was going to say he, from it's a standpoint just... of bringing the energy. Because yeah. like you think back to the medieval madness days mm-hmm. and the the Adams family days, yeah. how good callouts were. And like mm-hmm. medieval madness, you get extra ball, and that wizard yep. dude is just bellering about mm-hmm. it. And I told Eric Bowser, I was like, dude, do not hold back. Yeah. Like when you say super jackpot, like. I know give exactly it everything you got. He was like, "Oh, I know too. that Looney Tunes does some yelling." Yeah, and what he let fly each time is so. But I was laughing it's my funny. tail off when we were recording. I was yeah. just like, "Oh my god, this is gonna be so good." Even like, even like we were saying when Don was it. playing, he was just like giggling to himself yeah. the entire time. Just yeah, because it's it's so much fun. It really phenomenal, is. phenomenal voice. I don't actor. think uh, I would be. You'd be. I think you'll really be hard pressed to find a person who can play that game. And not be smiling when he hears those yeah. callouts. I, I really think you'd be hard pressed to find that. Absolutely. Because he's Canadian, does he finish every call out with A? <laughs> <laughs> not not the, any of them that I've heard, no. <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> so back to Scott's question though. So are you using movie clips for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, or did you get a voice actor for that? Yeah, yeah. We're uh, so Texas Chainsaw Massacre. We have access to the original audio as well, so we're pulling mm-hmm. the audio from uh, like all the the actors who were the the I guess you'd say survivors. But they weren't <laughs> <laughs> the survivors in that movie uh, the, as well. The remnants so, of the movie. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, we also got uh, Edwin Neal, who played the original hitchhiker in the movie. Uh, he just did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre mm-hmm. video game, which obviously got a major release like across the whole world his call outs are really and fun uh too. he They're... sounded freaking great in the video game so we we got him on board for the project mm-hmm. for the pinball machine and yeah he recreated some of his original lines from the movie just because it's fun to have him do that uh, we still have the audio from the original movie he yeah. also did a ton of call outs just saying very bizarre creepy crazy <laughs> things that that uh ben and i wrote for him I was just and, um, in the office today while he was playing the game, and I was just laughing to myself here and so overhearing some of the stuff that I hadn't heard. There's some time. Because, like, <laughs> the thing is with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is, like, it's secretly kind of a funny movie. Yeah. Like, there's moments bit. in the movie that are, like, just really, really dark humor. I think and that's I wanted why to it make sure with Looney Tunes as well, though. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to make sure that the game still had those moments where you're just like, jeez. It's <laughs> <laughs> messed up. But, like, yeah. you're giggling about it. So... There, and there's some call-outs in the game that you're just like, God, I'm playing this. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he did a really, really wonderful job with that. And then um, uh, b- beyond that, we still wanted to have more voices in the game. I mean, it's always good to have more than one character. Mm-hmm. And uh, we figured that as far as like giving you direction on what you should be doing, we the, the movie opens up with a, a booming narrative <laughs> voice. So we had Scott Innes, who is... Uh, Famous for, obviously, Scooby-Doo. I mean, he voices Shaggy, mm-hmm. Scooby. He mm-hmm. voices all the monsters. Just an insanely talented voice actor. So he recreated that original opening uh, narrative dialogue. And uh, we use it all over the game for, like, direction and what you'll be doing. And uh, Ben wrote all sorts of really just, like, fun, creative, descriptive mm-hmm. intros that sound like you're reading a horror comic book, almost, <laughs> when you're when you're entering in these modes. So... Uh, between the two of them, the the callouts are really great in the game, and then yeah, we have the original movie to pair with it. It's just another area that we've been really fortunate. We have worked with some really really top quality voice guys. Yeah, and they're they're professionals. Like these are good good guys. And with that narrative voice too, we also you know applied effects to it and everything, so it sounds like it's coming from the original movie. Because an important thing with the games is like your sound has to 
match the whole way through. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can be pretty jarring or weird sounding. Right. So and we made sure the sound matches all the way through. Yeah. Well, one thing I got to applaud you guys on, too, is you like immerse the game into the universe of what you're doing, too. I know it's even like in the description of the movie or when you were doing the the video on these on uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's it's you're still having to say ramp and stuff like it's hard to get around. Like I know a lot of people yeah. complain like you need to name it something and then call it by that name. It's like it's yeah. it's kind of hard, though, to 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 do that. But I noticed that you guys are you take that world and you and you splash it into the pinball machine and you refer to mm-hmm. some of that stuff, not necessarily as the ramp and stuff like that, but like even on Looney Tunes, like in this front left. I'm assuming this is the anvil wrap because it's the only one that has anvils that lead up to mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So is that something you guys consciously think of when you're going into these oh, yeah, games? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, one of my favorite things about pinball, right. Is like pinball is still a very niche hobby. Technically. Like, like we are in a, a pretty small community here and we get really excited about seeing our favorite thing come to our pinball world. Like we mm. want to hear our favorite shows, movies, bands acknowledge that pinball exists and even better if they're in a pinball machine, like we mm. want them to be acknowledging us. So I, I've always really loved incorporating that into yeah, our like scripts. When the Looney Tunes characters know that they're in a pinball machine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. But then, of, of course, like, yeah, it's it's still is better to have as much theme integration as possible as for, like, what your shots are, like, shooting the door, I mm-hmm. mean, the Texas Chainsaw door, mm-hmm. like, everybody's gonna know what that is. So, yeah. Well, it, it that is actually very smart. And by the way, I do have to bring this up because it is hilarious. I have both uh, Scooby-Doo and, or, sorry, I have both Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tunes kind of on a loop so I can just get a visual for the game. And the <laughs> the ad that popped up into the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video is this giant machete hatchet for cutting up meat. <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I took some pictures. I'll have to send it to you. But I'm just laughing. I'm like, well, that's ironically cross-promotional. But hey, just in case you want to open your own Texas Chainsaw franchise, um, yeah. these are the knives that you should use. Yeah, no that's funny that they're chopping meat too because we literally yeah. have a mode in the game that yeah. is about it's it's so great. I didn't get to show it in the video yet. There's still so many modes that I, yeah, that's I can't a, wait to. That show was the hard part. It was such a brief video. But I also know there was seriously you know, like seven other modes that mm-hmm. I was like, oh, those ones would have. You'll been get to all great. of them though. You know. Yeah, but there's a mode in the game where essentially like you slap a slab of meat on the playfield and the shots are lit as such, and as you shoot them, it's as if you're cutting it. So you shoot a shot and then that section would slide off and then you shoot a shot and that section, like everything past it slides off. So it's literally like you're cutting up meat on the play field. Nice. That's, I love that concept. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Ben, ben is a really detail oriented programmer yeah. too. So we're being able to work with him and have him actually it's, implement those things that are that, I, that small and nuanced and everything. It's, it's cool. I've had the most fun working on pinball code that I've ever mm. had working with Ben on this game. Because he's just as ridiculous as me. Yeah. We can sit in a room and go like, can we get the meat to literally slide off? Like as if it was like, and, and put a sound effect with it as if like the shots are meat. And he, yeah. He's he's on the same. He's a hundred percent down as for us, us for, for things yeah. like that. So I mm-hmm. had an absolute blast working with him on the game. No, that's awesome. And actually that, that is a very smart move to have almost like, okay. It's almost like the Muppet show. Uh, in Looney Tunes where you see behind the scenes of them putting the show on if if you go with me. Right. And so having them behind the scenes of being part of the factory saying, hey, we're part of the production. That's a mm-hmm. very smart, uh, savvy move. Also having for Texas Chainsaw, having like a, yes, you're in the movie and this is what's going on. It's It's not over the top creepy because there is a level of camp. That you're yeah, like, exactly. this is so ridiculous that there's no, yeah. they, like, this is, yeah, it, it's, it seems almost like, yes, it's a giggle fest because it's just so ridiculous what's well, going on. There's, there's uh, again, to bring back, like, acknowledge, having your favorite characters acknowledge pinball, there were so many call outs that if you pulled it from another game, but have the hitchhiker say it, it gets yeah. exponentially creepier. <laughs> oh, so yeah. one of my 
where it says, uh, if for extra ball, I had the hitchhiker say, keep the ball. I have a bucket full. Oh. Family. But when the hitchhiker says he has a bucket full, it's a little gross. So you're like, yeah. oh. That's funny. Well, I, you guys have kind of had cultivated this uh, relationship with Warner Brothers and kind of the, the cartoon network side of things. It, it makes me wonder, too, because Adult Swim has brought in some really cool titles like Cowboy Bebop. And I know Scott's always talking about Venture, Venture Brothers. Brothers. Venture yes. Brothers. Are, are mm. these are these titles that you guys would consider doing down the road or something like that? Maybe we, we want to do all of the titles. I, we're, yeah. I actually, I actually have to kind of pull him back in because he's he's like, but we monster. need to get this one and this one and this one and this one because people are going to love it. You know, he. It's like you don't want anyone else to be able to do it. You just want to do them all yourself and everything. I but. will go sign way too many titles. Yeah, nobody keeps an eye on me. I just keep mm-hmm. talking and mm-hmm. like you just end up falling into these things and you're like oh this is so cool we can't put a hold on this we gotta go get that no it's honestly like, we... dude no one's gonna hold on to a contract for 15 years <laughs> like you gotta slow down yeah no, that's honestly, really why we... luke got hired right like you're you're like the yeah. parent with their kid yeah. on the leash at yeah. the yeah. lights and sync <laughs> convention each other out in many it, ways. it's <laughs> weird because like i i you know it's funny that you say that because I get carried away on all of the opposite things that he does. Yeah. So we kind of perfectly keep each other in check in that way. Yeah. Because everything he gets carried away on just happens to be stuff that I do not at all. And everything (laughs) that I do, he does not at all. So it actually works out perfectly. It really does. You know, people ask sometimes, it's like, how do you guys design games together and everything? We just, everything that we want in the game are, are such separate things that work well together mm-hmm. that it just, it works out. So mm-hmm. wait, but, you're, yeah. we, we both have a general trust of what the other person's, uh, you know, ideas and opinions are on certain matters. Mm-hmm. Like there's just certain things that I really trust Luke on making the right call. And there's certain things he trusts me on making the yeah. right call. So it, it's really been a, a wonderful. Yeah. Like when he's talking about the overarching theme of Looney Tunes, it's like, that is not, not my, not yeah, my there's, there's, there's definitely things that <laughs> I don't, each of us can help the other with yeah. as far as getting it integrated in the game. You know, but when he asked me, you know, is this shot possible or can we do it at that price? Then, yeah. then that's a different <laughs> different thing. But we do try to keep a really good idea of what themes people want from us. Like we're always, I guess you guys probably see, we're active on on all the <laughs> social media sites. Mm-hmm. We try to listen to, to the shows and everything. We try to keep in... I guess as close an eye on the the heartbeat of that stuff as possible. So that's the main way I guess we choose our themes. So if if people want themes from us, you know, yell it at the top of the rooftop. I guess you know, put it everywhere you mm-hmm. can because we'll pick up on it and we'll we'll make it happen. All right, so. I, I've told you, Venture Brothers, it writes itself. Yep, <laughs> I'll I'll put one on my checklist. I'll put one. <laughs> you one you can even do a double here. thing. You can do Venture Brothers okay. and Johnny Quest because it's the same show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta look up Scott Pilgrim. Let's see yeah, yeah, who's yeah, that. Yeah. Guy? Just, just watch, watch, <laughs> Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Okay. One thing I do want to talk about though is okay. Pinball is a business, and you have talked about this. That mm-hmm. okay. So you're splurging on making sure you have every single bling on there. You're also splurging on licenses because you want to make sure people feel like they're fulfilled. You you're you're making sure visually it's really cool. Okay. How can you still do that and keep your build down? Because people still, yeah, eventually. Okay. But at some point you're going to say, okay, we need to be a little more economical on this. And it's now, now I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to point out you are manufacturing in a place that is less expensive than Chicago. Mm -hmm. So I, I guarantee your overhead is significantly cheaper than it is at the Chicago (laughs) manufacturer. So, So (laughs) I mean, I can rant about this. I do you have you guys got two more hours because yeah, I know yeah. this is where you'll get me to just drone oh. on and on and on and on. Yeah, but yeah, we, we have some strong opinions. Right. Here. Even, but even with <laughs> even with what you said, like with manufacturing being cheaper here, our manufa- our our labor cost has legitimately doubled since probably what twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you guys know as well as we do with the economy that stuff has skyrocketed. But oh, yeah. something I guess I think a lot of people know now, but not everyone is how much of our own work we've set up to be able to control, which 
it kind of goes back to the COVID thing where people were asking me, how are you guys making machines when other people aren't? It's like, well, we're, we're making our own metal parts. We're, we're doing all these things in-house. We're printing and we're, we're printing our own decals and making We don't have stuff. a landlord. Yeah, all, <laughs> yeah, exactly. All those what? interior graphics, everything, we're making a lot of that stuff all ourselves, which helps us be able to pass on that, I guess, those savings to the customer. And that's why we're able to do that CE level machine at, at the you know premium type price. I don't know if you guys can really talk to this or not. Uh, I know that you in the past, you've shared how the out of the gate things have went. How are the out of the gate going with uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Looney Tunes? Yeah, so this is a lot of fun right now, actually, because everybody <laughs> is like, you know, um, with today's market and everything, it's everyone saying, you know, we don't we don't want to rush in and, and that, right? Yeah. So it's going to be really, everyone's like sitting on the edge of their seats, like, did it work? Are there, how many, <laughs> where am I online? What am I doing? Did they, how many did they sell? Nobody knows or anything. So no, we're, we're honestly still tallying numbers, everything. So we won't know for sure for yeah. probably another week. Morgan's still working on the, the game numbers and everything. We ask for every morning what game numbers are. We're, we're still, <laughs> yeah, we're like, did we, 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 sell also, I mean, we have more distributors mm-hmm. now than we ever did before. So, you know, getting that figured mm-hmm. out between them and everything. Here's what I will say. Uh, today, Looney Tunes just so ever so slightly pulled ahead. Yeah. Whoa. Nice. Okay. I will say, okay, Looney Tunes would be a better fit in my house. I, 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 yeah. and I think that's why it just so, it just so slightly yeah. today but pulled ahead. I do we'll love, see. though, that it's like movies. I love that there are movies for all types. And I am really yeah, glad yeah. that you guys are not just sticking with all the mainstream stuff. You are exploring areas that other, that, Maybe companies are selling a higher, you know, higher volume, higher overhead. They can't touch because it's just, I'm still shocked that the, the closest horror theme that a major company, you know, I, I would say a high volume. Okay. I, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but like a high volume manufacturer would be like the walking dead by Stern, which yeah. still kind of surprised me that they made it to be, to yeah, be and frank. Yeah. Happen to be the biggest show on the freaking planet. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. okay, sure. But you look at the play field and you're like, oh. wow, oh, that yeah. is, yeah. there's, there's a lot of blood on there. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's crazy? Uh, we've been getting so many comparisons to Walking Dead on TCM. V- visually, we, visually, yes. Yes, no, we didn't. We never once compared or contrasted no. to Walking Dead. And the first person that said it, I was like, oh. Yeah, I guess that makes sense, yeah, doesn't it? One game I haven't run <laughs> really into a weird. lot either, honestly. No, I, I honestly have extremely limited experience mm-hmm. with, with Walking Dead yeah. as a whole. Yeah, I, I, well, I, let's be I honest, though. Walking, yeah. I would say Walking Dead, though. You take the, the, the title card off of it, and it's just a zombie game. So Sure, yeah. 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 Anyhow. That's, that's no, stuff I, I, I was saying visually, though. It's like lots of red, lots of blood splatter, I, yeah. that that kind of stuff, which really yeah. isn't specific to that. I mean, that's, that's really the... The horror mm-hmm. genre, you could probably put that on everything. So yeah. I, I'm yeah. really glad that you guys are are willing to take the risks and make things for uh, for the themes that are that are less mainstream. I guess I'll put it that way. And yeah. put nudity into, into pinball machines. People, you know, yeah. come out like come out, support us and everything because we're we're gonna do that stuff. We're gonna do stuff that other people aren't gonna ever release for you. Yeah, you know, if people come out and keep supporting us and everything, we're gonna keep coming out with the games that they may have never gotten. So oh. if someone wants to buy your game, what are the options that they can they can order it? So, yeah, you, basically the best thing to do is just go to our website, um, just spookypinball.com. From there, you're going to be able to see we have all of our, our authorized distributors on there. Um, so you can go that direction. Otherwise, you can order it right on our website as well direct. So you just go to shop and then you scroll down and you can buy yourself a, mm-hmm. a Texas Chainsaw Massacre or Looney Tunes. You can even buy yourself a Scooby. Yeah, I'll say you can still <laughs> buy a Scooby. You can do all three. We'll yeah, cut, we'll cut you a, a special bundle pack. A triple, the triple pack. We'll that out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we haven't made anything like we, that. We should yet. probably do that. Yeah, <laughs> just Somebody use discount code loser kid, and you you'll get your yes. your triple pack. Yeah, there you go. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else? We're we're running out of time. Is there anything else you guys want to cover before we close this up? No, I mean, no, I, I, we, I think we hit all the. Yeah, we've. I mean, we've been rambling for weeks here, so I, <laughs> yeah. I think everyone's. We just wanted to come on here and I guess answer your yeah. guys' questions and everything. So. I mean, just to really send it home once again, though. I mean, the the CE model, like we mm. said, we really do put absolutely everything we can into those yeah. games, whether yeah. that's the the custom armor and the powder coating, and mm-hmm. then the mechanisms and the sculpts and everything. But beyond that, the the assets from these franchises and, and licenses yeah. and everything, whether that's 
you know, the likeness rights, or we go get the original call outs, or we hire the professional actors who literally make their new movies, whatever mm-hmm. it may be, the, the music, yeah. everything. I, for, we for sure think that our CE yeah. is hands down the best deal. And, in I think the reason we keep rambling about that is we, we have been like, both of us have just been so excited because this feels like to us, I guess the one where it kind of all came together. Like we think that this yeah. layout is really top shelf. Like a lot yeah. of people yeah. who've been, I guess, 50, 50, I like spooky's layouts. I hate spooky's layouts, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. we're always pretty controversial in that regard. Like I think this is the layout that is going to kind of bring everyone together. And mm-hmm. then with having, all of the movie assets because going into Halloween, that was a big thing too. We had the movie assets, but it was, you know, a specific set amount of clips and then it ended up being, I mean, it did end up being like well over 30, we, almost 40 we got it video over clips. Time. Yeah. But being able to just go into Texas Chainsaw Massacre with just this load of just a whole, we can use a whole movie, everything. There's just yeah. no, I mean, completely like leash off. So, and then obviously Looney Tunes with having all the episodes that we have and everything, it's, it's just as loaded as Scooby-Doo. So I think just seeing all of that finally come together, layout, and then Eric Prepke, obviously great programmer, known for Rick and Morty on Looney Tunes, and then Ben Heck just completely blew us away on TCM with his ability. Yeah, yeah. We, we've talked about that before. We were, we weren't sure. If yeah, we weren't sure if he was going to be able to code to the, the level the that we needed him to. Uh, level of code that's yeah. needed, and he. Dude, he showed up. <laughs> when we were when we were bringing him on, we we're like Ben, you do understand this isn't AMH. Like, there's a new level of, of I guess, integration. Yeah, and that's depth. And he just uh, literally freaking blew everyone yeah. away. Like, blew everyone out of the water. We we're like, all right, you win. Yeah. <laughs> you know. So yeah, we, we got to say overall, like, there's obviously this so many our... behind the scenes things that we never talk or yeah. share. This was our best launch. Yeah, by, like, yes. it really far. was. It was well, a okay. really nice for us yeah <laughs> this, this i will say this layout just for me not playing it yet yeah. this looks like your best layout it, yeah it, it, from like it. it looks yeah. like your best layout it looks it like should. things are coming together and mm-hmm. i'm actually gonna do one more plug for you in that for the spooky i love that if you want all the bells and whistles you can get them yeah like, it's not like there's this, Hey, we're only making 200 of the best option. We're only making 300 of the best option. You're like, Hey, this is how many we're doing and how the orders come in depend on what we're going to make. And so if there's more like, uh, you know, the collector's edition, that's probably the most common one because people want all the bells and whistles. Oh, yeah. Over yeah. 90%. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so I like that because there's one thing that I'm frustrated when they have like, okay, if you really want all the bells and whistles, then you have to pay this kind of ridiculous FOMO premium. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and we don't really have options that you could level up your own game. So you have to right. go after market. So I, I like that that's an option for you. And mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I'm really excited to flip this because it looks like a lot of fun and both of them really do look distinct. And mm-hmm. they look right. like they're complete packages. And I love, I, it, it looks, it looks like a lot of fun. That's the largest feedback we've probably gotten is just how different, different they feel. Even when yeah. you're playing them side think, by uh, side. I think Don said it uh, yeah. recently. He was <laughs> like, if you put these in two different parts of the arcade, most people probably wouldn't notice that yeah. it's the same layout. Mm-hmm. I got two questions left for you. The, the first question is when's the first time we can, what show is this going to be? The first time we can play these at it looks like texas i i want to get to a show we're ready to get to a show and and get it somewhere but i I just don't think there's anything popping up until texas for us so you know march at texas pinball festival sounds like we're gonna try to have a whole bunch unless there's like a major show we're missing that i don't know about yeah i don't know okay so if you want them to come to your show uh, all the people who have, have major shows out there minor shows reach out yeah, yeah, absolutely. Please. Just send send <coughs> bug at spookypillow.com an email and yeah, yeah. And then actually, actually a third question popped in mind. So my, my second question is gonna be when do these hit the line? When are you gonna start start cooking they're these? They're on there right the, now, the, actually. The cabinets, the, the cabinets are starting the last few to days get here assembled. They're they're getting them wired up, mm-hmm. kind of getting things figured out, getting parts in. Mm-hmm. You know, it always takes us a second to really get rolling because it's yeah. a, literally a whole new yeah. machine that you're building. It's it's different than the thing and you just spent the last 12 months building. Yeah. So we kind of like to take second, kind of an extra month almost and just yeah. really, really work through the first ones just to make sure the first ones come off the line or as yeah. good as we can make yeah. them and everything. So well, it'll, and you have to ease the employees into yeah. building it. Like you can't take them all 
off of one thing and put them all mm-hmm. on it at the same time. You kind of have to like pick and choose and get them slowly worked in. Mm-hmm. But on top of that, we're still building Scooby-Doo's yeah. and it's still for sale at the same time as these. So nice. the, all three yeah. of these titles can be on the line at any given and that, time. And that's been a transition for us too as well that I think we've really worked into well is we're going to be able to produce all three of those at once. It's not mm-hmm. going to, you know, it's not going to be an issue. They're going to be out. There's going to be Scooby-Doo on the line every day and there's going to be Looney Tunes and Texas Chainsaw on the line every day. So... Yeah. And then the final question is, you guys are coming up on 10 years in April from your yeah. first release. You guys going to be doing anything oh. special? Is that when the first release was? Yeah. We had yeah. Our 10th America's Most Haunted was year, April. T- yeah, the, we, I guess AMH wasn't released we yet. We totally remembered that and had that planned. Yes. I'm just now <laughs> wondering out about this for the first time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, all right. Awesome. Okay. Well, st- stick around. Yeah. Stick around. We definitely want to get your address because we're going to send you some 3.0 loser kit hats. If you want to make them spooky, you can just draw some blood on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Thank you, guys. If anyone wants to get a hold of you, what's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Uh, yeah, if it's for uh, if it's for um, like game ordering or mm-hmm. question, general questions and whatnot, you can always call the main uh, line uh, for uh, the shop. It's on our uh, yeah. It's, if it's, you Google the the spooky pinball, I, it's the first I, phone number that comes up. Otherwise, squirrel at spookypinball.com is a good place to hit for that. Uh, if you're trying to like get shows set up or you're like, hey, I'm a wicked cool animator, you should hire mm-hmm. me. <laughs> or you're Drop like, yeah, or, or things that are related to the scream and stream, whatnot, you can always email me at bug, B-U-G, at spookypinball.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm, my email is just spookyluke at spookypinball.com. So. Awesome. If you want to get a hold of us, we are loserkidpinballpodcast at gmail.com. You can hit us up on Facebook instagram x twitch twitter youtube hit like subscribe all that jazz we appreciate you guys there's been a lot of amazing emails that have come in we'll probably talk about next episode which might be sooner than you think so we want to thank you guys for coming on again corwin i always i didn't even know your name was corwin i always thought it was bug so (laughs) and spooky luke thanks for coming on as well thanks guys thank you thank you guys thank you